In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Can you recall a time when the resources you had just were not going to be enough? Perhaps the paycheck was only going to cover a fraction of the bills owed. It might be a situation like we came through just last week, a hurricane, and because the power is still out for an extended amount of time, you don't know how much longer the food will last before it spoils. It might be the retirement account, or even the gas in your car. We all run up against the major problems of scarcity of resources. In fact, our very understanding of economics and many of the economic issues we attempt to tackle, both as a sovereign nation and also as a member of the United Nations, has to do with lack of resources or the perceived scarcity of resources. Jesus had wanted to go away to a deserted place. Our lesson starts off saying that Jesus withdrew in a boat, which is a little enigmatic. Jesus had just heard about the execution of John the Baptist at the hands of Herod Agrippa in Jerusalem. Like many of us who encountered devastating news, Jesus wanted some time to be alone, perhaps to pray and to think about how everything had then changed. Instead, he is greeted on the beach by a great number of people. Our text says about 5,000. So, we have Jesus, who is seeking some time to retreat from the world, some time possibly to mourn his cousin and his friend. Jesus, who was also probably weary, and instead of finding the solace and quiet that he wants, Jesus encounters a crowd of people, many of whom had followed him around the sea on foot. And you can also imagine that as they went through various settlements, uh, the sea would have been surrounded by small towns, that the crowds told the people of those towns, and they joined in as well. Now, Let's be honest with ourselves and with each other. What would you and I do? Would we tell them to come back tomorrow, that we're too tired? Or perhaps pass the job off to someone else because we can't be inconvenienced right now? Or, as some clergy are guilty of saying, I have to go and pray right now, or write my sermon, or some other various task. So, come back in a few hours. This is not what Jesus does. Instead, Jesus has compassion. He understands the suffering and needs of these people. And he is moved to act. Even in his grief or his exhaustion, he is willing to heal and to teach. His retreating to prayer can wait 
until the immediate needs of the people he sees can be met. Now, the disciples prove to be an interesting problem in this passage. And as we are all disciples of Jesus, it would be wise for us to pay special attention to them in this passage. First, either out of legitimate concern, as the hour was getting rather late, or because they were tired of the nuisance of the crowd, and we will never really know which, they asked Jesus to send them away while they still had time to go to a market in one of the villages and buy food. Basically, to go to the grocery to shop for dinner. And the response they receive from Jesus is startling. You give them something to eat. If you were on this hillside about 2,000 years ago, what would your first thought be? Jesus, you've got to be joking. Or, Jesus, have you lost your mind? How can we, 12 people, give such a large and vast crowd food? We have nothing, nothing to offer them, nothing. Well, except these five loaves and two fish. But they would hardly feed us tonight. You can probably imagine the disciples calculating how many crumbs they could give and trying to figure out how to divide two fish into plenty for 5,000 people. Part of the disciples' problem is their perception that what they have is worthless. It is nothing compared to the large-scale problem that they are facing. Five loaves and two fish is a drop in the bucket, and it won't make any difference. The need is too great. Sometimes we get trapped in that same mindset as the disciples. We see the resources that we are given, or the lack of resources, as not equal to the tasks set before us. We see the suffering of the world. We see the needs of the people right here in our communities, and we shrink in front of it because we don't see ourselves as fit for the task, or we don't think our few dollars can help, or we get intimidated by the size and the scope of the ministry. You give them something to eat. Oftentimes, when we hear this passage in the Bible, or hear it referred to, we say it is when Jesus feeds the 5,000. Now, I, I hate to contradict centuries of tradition, but notice that Jesus doesn't feed the multitudes. It's the disciples who feed the multitudes. All Jesus did was bless and break the bread. 
and he gave it to the disciples to give to the hungry. Bless and break. That almost sounds Eucharistic to me. You see, we as disciples rely on God to act in our world. God takes the meager resources that we have and turns them into abundance that we can't imagine. From our money to our active ministries to just the small amount of time that we spend with somebody who really needs a person to be present with them. All those become an abundance of blessing to this world. One reason why we collect our tithes and offerings in our usual manner before all this COVID-19 stuff disrupted that was uh, was that the gifts that we are given, the gifts that we give back, are brought here to the altar. And God changes those offerings, just like he changes bread and wine to be active agents for his kingdom. He sanctifies our gift for his use. That's part of the reason why stewardship is so important. It's a simple way that all of us are active in the kingdom of God as it is right now in the present. But here's the rub. We have to be in the hands, feet, eyes, and ears of Jesus now. God's redemptive work is carried out by us who are merely human. And that is where we rely on God's power to act through us. And that is how God has always acted. Remember Moses? who led the children of Israel and also provided manna, or as the psalmist called it, the bread of angels, to the children of Israel in the wilderness? Or Jesus' other miracles of abundance, turning water into good wine. But he had to have the stewards fill the jar. You give them something to eat. This parable is really the disciples feed the 5,000. He took what they had, meager though it was, and transformed it into more than was needed. There was plenty left over, and they even gathered it into baskets. They didn't waste anything. And one can imagine that they either gave those baskets away or shared them as they continued on their journey. They didn't simply 
discard any of it. Out of scarcity came abundance. We here at St. Christopher's have many challenges to face, but we cannot shrink in front of them. Instead, we should gaze out and hunt the opportunities that are right before us. If it is an expansion to the services of our food pantry, so be it. If it is starting a new ministry for children or youth, we must explore it. If it is providing services and visiting with the lonely in care facilities and those who are at home, how easy that would be. We must see, we must listen, and we must discern. He went ashore. He saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them. Amen.